he took bread and he blessed it. Mm -hmm. oh, come on now. You can't do this to me. You can't do this to me. Can't do this to me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, hallelujah. hallelujah. Oh my God. We are on the night Jesus was betrayed. He took bread and broke it. But before we move forward into commemoration of the Lord's death, amen, we recognize this sacred moment here now. A uh, very sacred moment, amen, because this was the night that Jesus was betrayed, amen, and he gave his life for many, amen, and this is what we're doing in remembrance of him, but the first tells us that we must all examine ourselves, amen, amen, because if we don't want to do this in a manner of unrepentant sin in our lives, and but we always want to have a repentant heart, and the Bible tells us to examine ourselves and not to take up his uh, the communion uh, until we examine ourselves. Amen. Oh. And at this moment, I want us to take just a moment, amen, and talk to the Lord. And uh, if there's anything that's in our lives, we want him to remove it from us. We want him to forgive us of our sin. Amen. Father, we pray for your mercy. We pray for your forgiveness. God, we pray that you search us. God, if there's anything that's not of you, God, we pray, Father, that you remove it right now. We pray for your forgiveness, Lord. Search us, oh God. Mm -hmm. Create in us a clean heart and renew the right spirit within us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. And that night, he took the bread and he broke it and blessed it. Just mm -hmm. a pat. Did you pray over the bread for us? Mute it. You're muted. You're muted. Just that. You're muted. I'm muted. Okay, I'm sorry. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to lift up the body of Jesus, the representation. We ask that the healing, that the healing deliverance will be for our soul, spirit, mind, and body. In the name of Jesus, and those that need healing will get healing. In Jesus' mighty, majestic name, amen, amen, and amen. Amen. And he took the bread, and you may eat. And he also took the cup, just the flow, 
Could you do us the honor of praying over the cup? Father God, we just thank you right now for your sacrifice, Father God. We thank you for every drip of blood that you shed on our behalf. We thank you for every strike that you took that we would be here, Father God. We thank you for your sacrifice, but most importantly, Father God, we just thank you for your obedience because your blood was shed that we would be saved, that we would be safe, that we would be purified. Father God, we just love you, we adore you, and we lift you. Amen. Amen. You may be right. There's a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. Where sinners come to set relief to lose their guilt and stain. Hallelujah. We are honored. Amen. As you all are joining us on tonight. Amen. This is a sacred moment, amen. And we honor our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who yeah. went to Golgotha for us. And I'm not going to prolong the time, amen. But after I sing this song, then none other than Chaplain Daniels, our executive pastor. I mean, what's the last seven saying? I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood for me. One day when I was gone, he died upon the cross. I know it was the blood for me. Was it saving blood? Was it saving blood? So thank you. Thank you, everyone, for joining us tonight. Oh, boy, boy. Thank you, uh, Pastor, for, for those words and for that song. Thank you for bringing us in. On tonight's invitation. So tonight I bring you an invitation as um, we're no stranger to the events of Good Friday to Resurrection Sunday. But the only way to Sunday 
is to go through. We can't go around. We can't go around. We have to go through the entire week before all the things that took place. So I know we all know what happened on those last days. And I'm going to ask you, I'm going to be going through the, the book of Luke for the last days. Um, and what happens the three days from Friday, three days later. And I know a lot of us used to ponder and say, well, they say he rose on the third day. But then when we count it on our fingers, you know, it, it just doesn't always add up. So then we start trying to, you know, get into the times and all that stuff. But yeah. Sunday is coming. Sunday is coming. Oh, come on. <laughs> Sunday oh, is not a maybe for Christians, right? Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. He is risen indeed. Yes, yes. And right. rightly understood anything from the birth, life, miracles, words, or last week of Jesus Christ without having the resurrection fully in view. See, see, we get to cheat. You know, we, we know it, right? We know it. But when we think about it and, and, and examining the events of the week before, the Holy Week, you know, last week we talked about how he rode in and they were singing praises and all of that, right? The Holy Week. And we, we have a benefit of Christ's first follow, the first followers did not. Because they didn't know what was going to take place. And they couldn't see to the other side. But we have the benefit of we've been able to read the whole story, right? So let's go through the story. And then we're going to go to the last word. So the benefit of reading, let's put ourselves in the disciples' places for just a moment. For just a moment. And the uh, perspectives as they shifted. Imagine the confusion that they were going through right now. Just imagine how confused they were. And, and if you would, I'm going to go, you can follow or you can stay in loop, but I'm just going to go to Acts 2 and 6 right quick. Um, and it's Peter's sermon at Pentecost. And it's the very first clear Holy Spirit-led, backwards-looking exposition of the Holy Week events that we've been given, right? We've been given already, so we know it. The punchline and, 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 and all the theoretical tour de France and all the roundabout things that came or that happened on that day. And, and, and the tour that this uh, unequivalent claim lets all the house of Israel therefore know assuredly that God hath made him both Lord and Christ, right. as this Jesus whom ye crucified. See, that sets us apart from all the other denominations also, all the other world. You know, they can't say Jesus the Christ. But let me move on because we're not going to be here long. They expected a kingdom of this world, specifically of Israel. Even after the resurrection, they were still pondering. We're in the disciples' shoes right now, right? They were still pondering and still wondering, what just happened? 
you know, he said he was our savior and he came in and they're still looking for all these great things to happen. And then finally, he died. And, and the disciples had to ask Jesus, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Because they were still pondering. They were still lost. They hadn't quite figured it out yet. All right. But now let's go with me to his last words that he gave them. If you would turn to Luke 23 and, and 24. That's Father, forgive them. If someone would, please read that scripture for me. 34. Would someone read 23 and 34? Okay, then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, and they parted his remnant, remnant and cast lots. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You see, Christians are constantly warning each other about the all the mechanisms of our, our enemies. And when we talk about religious, political, ideological, you know, and we're talking about our need to strike back. We, we're always talking about our need to clap back, get back, strike back, revenge, right? When somebody does something to harm us. But the, these are, uh, there are people who would like to see Christians do just that. So to shut up, and go away also. They don't want to hear what the rhetoric that we have to say about keeping the peace. They, they want to see us strike back. But we, we gladly do anything to make that happen. But consider what our Lord did at this time when his enemies struck him down. When they put him through shame, trial, they mocked him, they tortured him, and they publicly painfully executed him. His hands the, with the nails, when they hung him, the way that they put him on the cross and the way that they place your feet on that cross, it actually causes our bodies to suffocate. And they cause you to suffocate until you die. When when did the, the son of God say, what, what did he say about his enemies at that time, who had put him in this place or in this predicament. Yes, our Father, to forgive him. Yes. There is, there was no anger in those words, no bitterness, no vengefulness, as richly deserved as all those things would have been. There is absolutely no sense of self-preservation during that time. There is only his divine love. So when I put these questions to myself, 
I don't like what I find in how I think I may have reacted to this, you know, in my heart. Or, or maybe, maybe even during this Easter season, even when I think about it, could I have said, Father, forgive them? Do I even say sometimes, Father, forgive them now? Even though I know the whole story, I know the whole, how it turns out. Can I find it in my heart to say, forgive them for not just knowing that he had to die, but the way in which they treated him. So now I want us to go to Luke 23 and 43. Would someone read that next scripture for me, please? And Jesus said to him, I surely, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. You see, with him in paradise, it is certainly difficult to think of a darker moment than Jesus on the cross. The physical, the, just the physical presence of his suffering must have been extreme. Was the suffering of the two men hanging beside him on the cross to Jesus, to his left and to his right, um, was the suffering the same for them? One criminal said, and, and I think it's in, was it in verse 39? Yeah. In verse 39, uh, verse 39 goes down to say that he, er, he, he spoke insults to Christ, right? Let me make sure it's 39. Yeah, he, 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 he threw insults to Christ. I just wanted to make sure if you follow me that I'm leading you the yes. right direction, right? He, he, he spoke insults and he, and, 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 at Jesus and he said, but sarcasm, aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. He had nerve to put us in it, right? He said, save yourself Amen. and us. Who, who were they? Who were they for him to save them too? But I mean, that, that shows that not only was he throwing the sarcasm, but he might've had a little faith there too. What do you think? Because he was like, save yourself and us. But let's look at what the other criminal said. The other criminal responded differently. He knew the end of life was near. So he rebuked the first criminal by asking, don't you fear God? Because he's over there, he was being critical, you know, mock, mocking him. is It's a question we should all ask ourselves. Do you fear God? After yes. all, in, in, in all of this, aren't each of us little more than a step away from being in the presence of the judgment of God. We're just a step away, or should I say a heartbeat? A heartbeat, really. We're just a heartbeat away from being in the place with the criminals that hung yes. beside him. So, But thanks be to God. It is not fear and death needn't be the end of man. Because see, this criminal, he humbled himself because of his fear of God, bringing into sharp focus his position before God that in turn leads him to depend fully on 
the grace of God. So not only did he step in for Christ in the presence of that other criminal, but he humbled himself. See, he knew something that it doesn't even sound like the disciples knew at that time, right? So it, it's, it's hard to find in all scriptures a more clear expression of, what, of the gospel than what comes from the condemned man in his last moments. We're punished justly for we are getting what we deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong as he told us, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus responded. And the only way his character would allow him to. I tell you truth. Today, you will be with me in paradise. For this criminal with moments to live, just moments left. Oh, there was hope. Do you remember, we just talked about this last week, if I recall. You know, when you go beside somebody on their deathbed, they still have time. So never give up. Never give never. up. So it's for us too, if we repent and believe, because we don't know when that last heartbeat is going to come. But it's never too late. Amen. Now we're going to go for our, our third word. We're going to go to the. Going to go to John. 19. John. Yeah, there you go. John 19, 26 through 27. Will someone read that for me, please? When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loves, loved, standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour that the disciples took her, to his own home. Can you imagine? Amen. Can you imagine? Even after what he just went through with the criminals, he took time to look down. Now, I just displayed to you the position he was in, right? He was suffocating. But yet, he took the time to look down to the foot of the cross where his mother stood weeping. There, near the foot of the cross, he saw his own mother and his disciple John with the weight of all sin on his shoulders and the agony of separation from his father, right? Because he's in the flesh while he's going through this. He, he is still like you and I, feeling everything. He's in the flesh while he's going through this. And our suffering savior through his breaths, he's gasping for air now. Through his breaths, words to ease his mother's suffering. Not his, his mother's suffering. Dear woman, 
he whispers as he looks into the grieving face of his mother, behold your son. He then turns to John and says, behold your mother. Jesus, who is dying in our place, asks a faithful follower to take his place and care for his mother. Jesus is not calling them to love as if they were family. He is establishing that they are family. He's putting them together. Even as he is dying on the cross, offering life to us in the world to come, he's still looking down and he offers his divine compassion in the here and now to his mother. Soon Jesus would defeat death, return to his devoted disciples and send them to be his witnesses to the end of the earth. But we haven't gotten there yet. Right now, he's still suffering. He's still in pain. And Jesus sees us too. He hears the deep aches, our pain, our groans, and our mumbles, and the, and the world, you know, the widows, the orphans, the oppressed and the fatherless, the prisoners, the disabled, the elderly, and the unborn child. He hears us. He hears them all. And he whispers as he did, just like on that day on the cross, to the heart of his church and to his family of believers. He whispers, you belong to me and to each other. Love each other as I have loved you and make my love visible to the suffering and dying world. Wow. Go with me now to the book of Matthew for our fourth word for the night. It's the book of Matthew, verse 27 through... 27, verse 46, excuse me. And would someone read that verse for me when they get there? Uh, 27 and 46. Matthew's 27, verse 46. About the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama, sabachthani, that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Yes, yes. Now remember, he took on more pain as he looked down at his mother Mary and John, and as he spoke as loudly as he could while his 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 ribs and his chest are, are they're they're breaking basically he didn't have a broken bone but he's suffocating because it's all coming into one and he can't readjust himself resituate himself to to breathe but he says these words and I'm going to try to read the greek as well okay but it is tempting to see this as 
him at this low point of Jesus on Good Friday, today, today, during his interrogation by Herod and Pilate, two kings, right? That Jesus was in command. And let me tell you why he took command of the situation. See, we don't look at it this way, but he said little to nothing because they were mocking him, remember? And said, if you're this king, you can save yourself if you're this Christ. He said nothing. What he did say left his interrogators sensing that they were the ones being judged, okay? Because, and, and you can follow that in John 12 and 31, if you like to. Then came the ninth hour and his cry of dereliction. Eli, Eli, lama, sabachene had his command vanished under the weight of his suffering when he was, he couldn't breathe, he would not have been able to call out to our father. But then again, he dug deep inside and he was able to say those words. I don't think so. On the contrary, I think it was in some ways the ultimate expression of his command rooted in his trust of his father and his embrace of his vocation meaning his position what he had to do jesus knew the father's promises to never leave us nor forsake us could uh, uh, could be trusted he knew that god would not lie so therefore he took on his burden because he knew that what God told him was a promise and that he would fulfill that promise, that trust received its fullest expression in the complete embrace of his vocation as the Messiah. Jesus knew that his hour had come to pass from this world to the Father. He loved his own. He, he loved us. He loved his disciples. He loved his mother the ones that were in the world. And he loved them to the very end. From the scriptures, he knew it was necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things as Luke 24 shares with us, right? He knew he had to do these things. So the chief among these scriptures was also a portion in Psalm 22. And it says, all of us are familiar with this opening refrain, my God, my God. Many are acquainted with its other lament also. All who see me mock me. They divided my garments among them. For my clothing, they cast lots. Now, why were they bidding on his clothing? All right. Hmm. They cast lots. But what we overlook here are the expressions of praise and trust in Yahweh that run through his lament. Ye, yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. In you, our fathers trusted. In you, they trusted and were not put to shame. 
You see, most of them thought that he was poor. Most people think that the disciples were poor. But when you study about his clothing, his clothing was a garment of a rich person. His clothing was tailor-made and they had to rip it. See, they couldn't go to a seam like in our shirts, the way that our shirts are sewn together with a seam on each side. No, they had to rip it because of the way in which it was made. And then if they thought that he was a low-life nobody, why, why would they bid to the highest bidder to have his clothing? All right, stay with me, stay with me. Will someone please now turn to John 19 and 28 and read that scripture for me? Hallelujah. Given the covering for his mother, and then him looking at his father once more and saying, I know I'm, I'm doing this because I know the outcome. I'm doing this because you've already promised me what the other side is going to be like. So now we go to earlier in his ministry, Jesus had on, had on the last day of the feast when they were at the table of the tabernacle, stood up and cried out. He cried out and said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And that was in chapter seven, verse 37, right? But now on the cross, we hear him talking about thirsting again. And he who said these words was himself. Now he's saying, I thirst. But he told the disciples before this day, if anyone thirsts, come to me. Right? So the cross directly addresses this world of moral and natural evils, right? And, and, and our God wants thirst like we thirst. Our God entered the world of human suffering. He suffered like you and I suffered himself and has the scars to prove it. Okay? He has the scars to prove it. But so now it was his turn to say, I thirst. And when we talk about the evil, now we know what they did with the with the hyssop of all things, Amen. right? The hyssop. Now some say that the 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 vinegar helps to, to quit, to heal. But we know it doesn't quench your thirst. But no. they put the hyssop in there and gave it to him, right? Yeah. So then we talk about the evil things of the treatment and the torment of a person that is on the cross dying and they can barely breathe. 
So they give them the vinegar and the hyssop. Now the hyssop is a flower, but they put that in there and, and you suck on that or they wet your lips. And what does vinegar do? We know it dries you up more, right? So it's trying to pr propel the death even faster. And we talk about the evils of this earth, right? So now go with me to the sixth word of the night in John 19 and 30. Hallelujah. And while we wait to go there, I just want to say he suffered and he's got the scars to prove it. But then we know that with those scars, he had to return to prove a point with those scars. So are you there yet for John 19 and 30? Yeah. All right. Would you read that scripture, please? And now when, when Jesus, therefore, had known, had received the miracle, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and said, and I mean, and gave up the ghost. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Now, I'm going to try to read another Greek word, so bear with me here. All right. But. The inspired Greek translation of these words, which Jesus likely spoke in Aramaic, tetelestia, often rendered in yeah. English as it right. is finished. John's yeah. choice of words is significant as he wrote this in the Greco-Roman world, tetelestia was stamped on receipts back in those days to indicate right. a completed purchase. You got that? Yeah. Do I need to repeat yes. that? Yeah. It was stamped on receipts yeah. back in those it's days to indicate yeah. a completed purchase. Yeah. All right. So what do we say? Or who were the parties in this transaction that took place in this purchase for... 1,400 years, for 1,400 years, Israelites sacrificed animals, both in the tabernacle and eventually in the temple. The volume of blood would assault our modern senses. That's just how many, you know, we talked about this last week too, you know, about the, 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 um, when, when, how many from the law, how many animals had to be slaughtered to cover our yeah, sins. Right. And yes, we went back and we went back and sinned again and said, okay, we're just going to bring an animal to slaughter, right? The, so, but ceremonial cleansing and atonement was carried out for millions of people by full-time priests who slit Amen. the animals' throats, broke their bones, mm -hmm. and annihilated yeah. them before God. Priests perform these offices daily. A priest did this daily, offering atonement, not only for the people, but for themselves. A priest, Hebrews 7 and 27, if you have to follow it, right? The priests even for themselves under the law. But Jesus 
just did this for us, even yeah. though they tell us not a bone was broken. Not a bone That's was right. broken. But Amen. he still bled for us. Christ took up the work of those Levitical priests, but something about his priesthood was crucially different. You see, when his when the high priest is in a more, he, he offered himself to the father as a perfect, as a perfect sacrificial. There you go, a sacrificial lamb. Come on, come on. We didn't, he didn't need the animals. We don't need them anymore. Because Jesus offered himself up as that perfect sacrificial lamb. Wow. Wow. So so now when we look back at it, and 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 and, and he atoned for his people's sins in a way the deaths of bulls and goats never could. Hebrews 10 and Uh and 4, if you need to go back to it. After declaring tetelestia over his complete suffering on Calvary, he returned to life and sat down on the right hand of his father after he gave up the ghost, having accomplished everything he'd set out to do. Excuse me, from Hebrews, that's Hebrews 10 and uh, 11 through 12, if you want to go back and read that part. But then Christians now live in this, in his completed work. Yes. We work, we play, we worship and die. Reconciled to God, needing no other sacrifice for sin. Then the blood of Jesus, which he continually pleads on our behalf before our father. While religions throughout history demand constant propitiation for their ever hungry gods. Right? Christianity. Only Christianity offers a perfect relationship based on justice, fully satisfied. It is a, it has accomplished or it is accomplished. The debt is fully paid. Excuse me, guys. (coughs) The debt is fully paid. We now live as children and heirs reconciled reconciled because yes. he paid the price price amen so for our last word if we would go to Luke 23 and 46 would someone please read the last the seventh word for us for me please And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, oh, come on, somebody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Mm-hmm. 
with his last words. Let me, words. Mm -hmm. let me say yes. this. Mm -hmm. He breathed yes. his last breath. Yes. 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 With his last words, Jesus called out to mm. the Father. This one word says it all. When Jesus first called God his own father. Yes. Mm -hmm. The Jewish leaders tried all the more to kill him because he called God his father. And you can find that in John 5, 16 through 18. He ignored the threat and constantly referred to God as his father. 170 times he called God his father. And this was his last time. Into your hands, I commit my spirit. Just a few more hours before Jesus had tried to calm the troubled hearts of his disciples who were utterly misunderstanding the whole thing. He told them what was going to happen and they just could not understand it. Unfolding the story, he was telling them around the table in the upper room, excuse me, for the last supper, he told them what was going to happen. He told them that he was going to leave. He said, but I'm coming back for you. They still did not understand his leaving meant his death. Their world point of view could not, could not phantom. They just could not understand it to include his death and any part of his success. Yes. Because they figured if he died, it was over. Yes. But with his last breath, Jesus uttered words still reconnecting hope to today. His victorious surrender forever answers the ultimate mystery. What happens when we die? Uh, come on. Death does not mean the end. Jesus taught us that. It's a comma, just a pause, just, yes. a, just not a period, just come a on. comma, just a pause. Yes. Because yes. physical death is but the movement of our essential nature. It's, it's just the movement of our essential nature to God's presence. Amen. Praise God. The body may die, but the spirit lives on. on. To be newly clothed embodied, vibrant, eternal. That's what death is for us. Now Amen. that Jesus has paid the price. price. So let's go back and let's look at today is Friday. Yes. And in three days, it will all make yes. sense. In yes. three days, his disciples were then able to put it Hallelujah. all together when Hallelujah. he returned 
And if I can just share a brief quote from Pastor Tony Evans, as he said in one of his sermons that, remember, all the good works you can do on this earth can never equal to Jesus' life. And I thank you for letting me share the last seven words with you tonight. Amen. Amen. Alas, and still my Savior bled, and did my sorrow die. Would he did go that sacred hymn for such a word as I? At the cross, at the cross, where I burst all the light, and the burdens of my heart roll away. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> Can you imagine? They took the spear oh. and 
entered into his side. And the Bible said water and blood came down. Oh, the blood, the blood. That blood has never lost its power. Never. That power. Amen. The goats and the dogs and the sheep, they could not do it. There was only a covering. Yes. I want to say But Jesus redeemed us. Yes. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. He redeemed us from the curse of the law. He redeemed us from the hands of the enemy. Glory to God. The seven last sins on the cross. Great job. I'm Amen. Amen. Think about it. This is not taken lightly because if he has not died on Calvary, we wouldn't be here today. We wouldn't be here. It took the, sac the ultimate sacrifice, but there is only one mediator between man and God. And that is Jesus. He is. Nicole C. Miller. I know my Redeemer lives. Oh, come on, somebody. And on Sunday, Sunday is coming. See, when they went into the grave, they never thought they had him. But on Sunday, woo, up from the grave, he arose. Yes, he did. On Sunday is coming. Mm -hmm. Sunday is coming. Yes, the tomb yes. is empty. Yes. He's now sitting on the right hand of the Father. Mm -hmm. Yet making intercession for us. Yeah. Oh, thank yes. God for Jesus. Mm -hmm. Thank God for thank Jesus. God. Thank God for yes. Jesus. Thank God. Thank God. God does not tolerate sin. Mm -hmm. God does not like sin. Mm -mm. So therefore, we look down on the sister flow. Yeah. He sees us through the blood of his yeah. son Jesus that redeemed us by yes. him. Yes, yes, yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He went all the way. He went all the way. Even when he went into the garden of Gethsemane. And he told the disciples to stay there and watch. They couldn't even stay awake. Yeah. He said, can you just watch for one hour? <laughs> mm -hmm. After he woke mm -hmm. him up, he turned around and went back. He went further. Oh, come on, come on. Get it. He went further. And he prayed. He didn't have to do this. He did not have to do this. Do you get that? Amen. He didn't have to do it. But the Bible tells us, because so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever will believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Yeah. And life 
is in Jesus Christ. Amen. When all red and Calvary hung there, amen. Mm. Minister Christine, you know what grief share is all about. Mm. Amen. Mm. We, know, we know about what grief share is all about. Yes. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. It was so dark. Everything turned dark. Mm -hmm. There was a major earthquake. The veil. And the, the, then you see the Roman soldiers begin to run and scatter because they didn't know what was happening. They didn't know what to do either. But then they started thinking. Just imagine that, that, that soldier that stuck the spear mm. in his side. That blood. <laughs> The blood came down. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's power in the blood. Mm -hmm. There's power in the blood. I believe that soldier life changed. I mm -hmm. believe he had an encounter. I believe something major happened to him mm -hmm. when that blood touched him. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Oh, glory to God. We are so grateful for such a time as this. Thank God. God bless you, Lorenza. Glad you're with us tonight. Amen. We are so grateful for each and every one of you. Amen. Sister Pat, God bless you. All of you. Dr. Deborah, happy for you. Amen. Sister Flo we has her hand raised. This song is this this oh my God. This day is so powerful. Amen. It is so powerful. Good Friday. Do you know what's good about it? Yeah. You know what's good about it? Mm -hmm. he died yeah. he Jesus again. has not died. Mm -hmm. I will be here. Yeah. He took on the sins of the whole world. And, mm -hmm. and the picture yeah. and the artist and all those pictures that you see of a Jesus does not represent Jesus. The Bible said no. he so disfigured that he was mm -hmm. not even recognized mm -hmm. as a man. Mm -hmm. Yes, right. flogging. From the, that flogging. Pastor Sister Flo has her hand raised. Man. I want to sing a song when we finish, all right? Before we have, hang up. Yeah, um, okay, just, a sweet. just a minute. Just a minute, Dr. Deborah. Dr. Deborah, just a minute. Because Sister Flo had her hand raised also. Oh. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, you know what? I'm going to uh, get Dr. Deborah take it because I was going to do the same. Okay. Thing, so. All righty. Look at that. Ahead, Dr. All right. Go ahead on and do that. All righty. <laughs> well, I'll do I'll just do one verse of my song. I mean, a verse, and then you do yours, too. I want to know, do y'all want to hear? I, I have two songs. I was playing them this week. The first one, the title is, The Strife is Over, The Battle Done. That's that's one song. And the other one is, him, really. The other one is, Lift Up, Lift Up Your Voices Now. So which one do you want to hear? Either one. Okay. Just one. Okay, either one? Mm -hmm. All right. 